Welcome back to uh, Behind the Net Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Matthew, and uh, with me is... Michael. How's it going, guys? <laughs> um, joining me remotely, uh, uh, as always, because, you know, uh, with the whole coronavirus and everything, we're trying to get more content out right now. Yeah, that's 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 what, we're, that's what our plan that's, is, that's, at least for until... Well, until uh, everything blows over. Oh, yeah. Um, but we actually have a special guest on the podcast today. Um, right off the top, uh, I'll just introduce him real quickly. He's a writer at uh, Raptors Rapture, um, which is actually the fan-sided uh, website for the Toronto Raptors. So, uh, I mean, we, we both write at uh, Editor and Leaf, so that's yeah. pretty cool, just from across the uh, across the interwebs. Um, he's also uh, the sports editor at uh, the Ryersonian, and I had the pleasure of knowing him through that. Um so with me, uh, with me and Michael today is uh, Lior Kozai. Lior, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's going We're doing good. well, man. Um, hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> hanging in there. Um, how are you today, man? Like, what what, what are you up to? <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm running out of things to do, man. I need a new show to binge. I need something. <laughs> My gym closed down. (laughs) My gym closed. There's no sports. We've been watching old games. I watched uh, Game Six of uh, Raptors Bucks the other day. Oh yeah, I think we all (laughs) did. I watched that. I mean, there's nothing else to watch. Let's be real. I think they're. I think they broadcasted uh, the seventh inning of. um, I think it's the ALCS. or maybe the ALDS with Bautista's bat flip. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sports oh, that broadcasted it last week. <laughs> like, they're pulling out all the classic games now. Yeah, I mean, just... there's nothing else. They should just, like, I saw an idea to just play the Raptors championship run, like a game a day or something. Game by game. Yeah. yeah. Or like even idea. do that with, like, some teams. Like, I don't know, like, uh, you could go, like, classics even, like, early 2000s or, like, 90s for, like, various sports teams. Or even do the... World Series run, one of the. Two. I don't think you do that with the Leafs, though. <laughs> Black and white <laughs> <Yeah>. television. <laughs> Not enough history. Yeah, like I yeah, saw exactly. they were putting they were putting on some classic hockey games on Sports on too, but I didn't see uh I didn't see what they were. They definitely weren't Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I feel like that's. Like, I'm just playing video games, like, all day. Let's be real. Like, there's, like, nothing else to do. I'm getting bored of the video games, like, that I'm playing. That's how that's how much we're playing it. Um, I actually tried going... Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I just tried to go for a walk yesterday because just, just to get some fresh air. There's a lot of people outside, and I didn't trust anyone, so I had my handy-dandy face mask on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think everyone's just, like, we have no idea what to do with ourselves, but like at the same time, we have more stuff to do than like ever before. Like in comparison, just like if you were quarantined like 20 years ago, like what would you do? Like all you have is like TV, I guess. And books, oh, yeah. but like, we were talking about now, at least like at least you have other stuff. Right? At least you have the internet. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if we were like this was the 90s. I mean, the 90s were a great time, but like they didn't have internet or anything. Even to play video games, you have to have like your friend next to you. You have to you have to pretty much do everything like in contact with mm-hmm. people yeah exactly um but i mean i mean we could just talk about that like right now like uh Lior, we were wondering like where were you when you heard the news i guess 
right off the top that uh like when when it all started I guess was when Rudy Gobert got I mean was test tested positive for uh coronavirus and then it kind of all just created a ripple yeah, it effect. Yeah, kind of spiraled from there. Yeah. yeah. Um I guess so that day I um I was actually working at my internship at TSN and and basically like all day all the news we were covering was just um was just leagues like considering like should we play without fans should we like shut down entirely there wasn't really that much consideration of shutting down entirely um like obviously that's what it turned out to be but i guess people everyone was just kind of trying to delay that and make sure that like they could play as long as possible so the i think the nets and warriors announced they were gonna do this um they're gonna do a game without fans on the day after which was last thursday um march 12th so they were gonna play that game on tnt without fans so everyone was kind of thinking like that's gonna be weird and then um and then there wasn't really any indication that any of this would happen and then i think i was just um i was just following that okc game it wasn't on tv but i was watching like the nuggets mavs game started at the same time and then this OKC versus Utah game is like about to start and it just it was like 8 15 or whatever and the game still hasn't started yet so you're just wondering like what's going on here and then uh and then I kind of went on Twitter and you see like uh these reporters saying like the game's not starting like the OKC uh trainer just rushed out to stop the refs from starting the game and then as it unfolded like it just, it was one of the most bizarre, like, sports things you've ever seen, right? And then eventually it turns out Gobert was sick, um, and they didn't, and they tested him for COVID-19, and then eventually, obviously, they figured out, um, they, the test came out positive, and after that, it was pretty much over, like, you can't play that game. And I was kind of shocked, like, that the NBA would even play other games. Because, like, they still finished the rest of the games that night, and they were even planning on playing, like, this late, like, 10.30 p.m. Eastern game, uh, Pelicans versus Kings, and then they canceled that one because the ref had been, like, in the same game with Utah with, like, Gobert, and it turns out now Donovan Mitchell as well had um, COVID-19. But I'm just wondering, like, how, um, like, I'm just surprised that they would even consider playing that because obviously now we're finding out, like, lots of players have it and like just people everywhere it's kind of representative of people everywhere like how like we don't really know who has it because of the lack of symptoms and just a lot of stuff like that where um where i'm just surprised like it took so long to take these precautions but now it's like how could you not do it in retrospect oh yeah and i think that's yeah, exactly yeah we've been saying like that's the scariest part of it is that you can be asymptomatic, and I think that's definitely why we have to quarantine ourselves now. Which is, it's good that we're doing that now because, for I mean, for all you know, whoever you know might have it, and they just they they feel fine, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the good thing is now that uh, all these things are on pause, like it's gonna make it easier for things to progress to the level where now you're seeing China and South Korea, for example, are starting to return to normal because they've made aggressive moves to hey, we got to shut this thing down. We're not going to be able to contain this disease, but we're going to just try and uh, contain ourselves. And then hopefully within a month, things will return to somewhat normal. And hey, you never know. That could happen with us too. For sure. Yeah. Um, But uh, 
I mean, we'll talk some basketball now because I know uh, that's your bread and butter, Lior. Um, obviously, <laughs> if you haven't checked check out his articles at uh, TSN, uh, I know your time there was kind of cut short, and even we, me with sports now, it's kind of up in the air right now. But uh, you you put out some great content, like uh, at least three three stories, right? Yeah, I put out I think four total over like nice. almost five weeks. Yeah, yeah that's, that's um, good. Um, yeah, it was it was a yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like it was a cool opportunity just to get like I guess um I guess even as an intern like just to get your byline somewhere and um and somewhere like that um I'm sure like it's a little different with like doing the video side for Sportsnet for you, but uh. But yeah, just like a cool experience there, and just being in that, that environment with um, with those kinds of people, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I was saying like on on our last episode, uh, kind of like when we were talking about the whole coronavirus thing on Monday, um, like on my side when I found out was uh, like I was as well working at my internship, and I was I basically mm-hmm. clipped the games, and everyone's clipping games, and uh, basically I was watching the Knicks and Hawks game. And, uh, I mean, people started, like, wondering, like, in the newsroom about, like, the OKC game. Um, and then I hear over my feed that, like, the commentators just saying, like, that, um, you know, Rudy Gobert has tested positive and the NBA is now pausing play. And, like, I, everyone was just, like, kind of shook. Like, we didn't know what, <laughs> what was going to come come next, right? Yeah, we're all, yeah, we're all freaking I mean, out. Mm-hmm. Go on. And it's, like... It's really unprecedented, right? Like, like none of us have ever experienced anything like this as sports fans, sports media. Like, like there's like I guess the most the closest thing is kind of um like the strikes and lockouts in various sports, right? Like the NHL lost a season and the NBA had like a couple shortened seasons, but like it's really no comparison to this because really every single sport shutting down at the same time and like there's just there's no debate even right like versus a lockout it's like yeah they're arguing over money it's a labor dispute like there's something to cover right because like it's a labor dispute like in any field um versus this is just like the entire world kind of shutting down and um and yeah like you said like it's probably heading towards more things being shut down and if and maybe that's like the solution just to do as much as we can and social distancing and if that works then maybe it can turn around like you said in south korea and china yeah exactly and i think that there is a uh, serious progress being made like just today we were just hearing that the canadian uh, u.s is going to be closed down early which is a huge deal in terms of the fact that hey i don't think anything like this has happened in all of history between Canada and the United States. And then before the Canada's going to close the border, the United States is doing all this stuff. So on the one hand, like, yeah, I'm very happy that all this stuff's being done and they're making, taking all these measures to uh, keep things under wraps and trying to contain the disease as best they can. But I mean, we sat all this time in preparation, seeing what was happening overseas in China and then uh, Europe. And you kind of wonder like if this, if they reacted faster, would the season not be in serious jeopardy as it is right now? Yeah, it's it's tough to say because, like, I don't know. It might have still lasted, like, who knows how long. I think it's, like, it's hard to it's hard to blame, like, um, like the average person, like me or you, 
um, for not like really thinking about it in like, let's say January, because this stuff, I think the first reported cases were December. Um, so it's like, it's been going on for months, but like you would think at least like government officials and health officials would kind of jump on something like that. And especially in the Canada, in Canada and the US, like they just didn't really do anything until at least like March um, and probably like the second week of March. Um, and it's it's weird because like the NBA was almost more proactive than anything else. And like the NBA didn't do great either because they kind of let it hang until um, until there was actually an official case reported. Um, but but like at least they got on it like as soon as that happened and Canada and the US kind of let it hang and like until there was like at least like I think it was 40 cases in Ontario or something like that and now it's it's just spiraling and particularly in the United States but even here like it's pretty um it's pretty severe and yeah like I like it's hard to even think about sports just because of their repercussions for everything else in life but like yeah obviously it's like a big part of um just distracting yourself from uh from like those real life tragedies and stuff like that is just watching sports so it sucks to not have the sports and maybe if they jumped on that earlier it would be different oh yeah, yeah exactly it's crazy to see that like i think the nba kind of the nba shutting down definitely just started everything spiraling into it so it's crazy that the nba holds that power i mean it's a multi-billionaire billion dollar um organization so when that shuts down like everyone has to take notice right and of course and like the nba like you said it's such a commodity like that's when i think a lot of people started to take this thing very seriously which i mean on the one hand yeah that's great now people are starting to recognize that this is a serious matter and that we need to take drastic precautions to make sure that this uh, thing gets sorted out but you have to wonder why does it have to wait until something that they care people care about for them to take notice of something like you have to think hey there's a virus going around there's a lot of people getting sick by it maybe we should take something seriously before it affects the things that we care about yeah yeah it's like it's really just about like having empathy for people like far away right like people yeah. in countries that aren't like our country or our continent like and yeah it's sometimes hard to have that perspective but especially from like a political level like government um like it definitely needs to be done and hopefully like if like inevitably like something else like this happens again years from now like hopefully um everyone's more prepared oh for sure all right so uh i was thinking let's just inch our way into some basketball talk like actually now um <laughs> i want to talk about the raptors um uh Lior, i want to know i guess i mean obviously the toronto raptors they've been uh exceeding expectations that, that were set pretty much all season um after Kawhi leonard obviously left and we know that they're pretty much the real deal now um i want to know why what do you think is so special about the raptors this season i guess um, what, what what aspect of them is is really what makes them special i guess it's just their their resilience right like they had they had a lot of this last year in the championship run but i think it's kind of yeah losing your superstar like everyone kind of expected them to just fold like i guess some raptors fans were more optimistic like i think i picked them to be third in the east which is pretty high and they even exceeded my expectations um but they were just really like 
in the face of facing um, injuries to all their key rotation players, um, basically their entire starting lineup missed double-digit games except OG Ananobi. And just no matter who's in and, in or out of the lineup, they just kept winning. They kept uh, fighting through it, and they managed to get the second-best record in the East, the third-best in the entire league, even better than Kawhi Leonard's Clippers. And it's just it's really impressive what they've done. Like, um, yeah, just no matter who's in the lineup and they've, and the, like even their last game of the season um, as before it got postponed was like this road back to back um, second game of a back to back in Utah at the end of a five game road trip, uh, missing Marcus soul, missing uh, Norman Powell who got hurt like two minutes into the game and they still managed to beat like a really good home team. So that was just kind of a microcosm for this entire season where they kept um, winning games where they're not supposed to, or they have two starters out of the lineup and it didn't really matter. And the moment they got to full strength, they just rattled off like a 15 game winning streak. So it was really just incredible to watch. Um, I think it was a team that played with like a lot of passion, a lot of joy, and they were elite defensively and they were really maybe my favorite uh, regular season of any Raptors team ever, like including last year um, with Kawhi because they were just so, um, just so fun to watch. And it was, a, it was a great like three quarters of a season. I totally agree with that. And I've been really impressed with, like you said, the resiliency of this team and just being able to bounce back from what was a pretty substantial loss of Kawhi Leonard and to an extent, Danny Green. Um, we always talk about how Pascal Siakam is really taking a huge leap and bounds of uh, being the Raptors' uh, number one guy. And he may not be there fully yet, but he's definitely making significant progress. We can say the same thing about Kyle Lowry. But I want to ask you, who would you say on the Raptors, like not the bigger names, has really impressed you the most this season? The um, it's honestly, it's it's hard to pick between them, right? Like Norman Powell... Um might be my pick just because he's like his whole career like the story on him has been like this inconsistent guy one game is giving you 20 points and then the next game he's giving you zero points i think nick nurse even had like a similar quote to that at the beginning of the season like we just need like a consistent 15 points from this guy and he even exceeded those expectations he even coming back from his latest injury like the last four games i think he had two 30 point games um, set his new career high with like 37 and he's been going like 20 plus points every night um, and this was the best season of his career but then you look at like Fred Van Vliet who like everyone remembers how good he was in the finals and the conference finals but he really struggled in the first two rounds last year and even in the regular season and I wasn't sure he could ever be like a starting point guard in this league and he really exceeded my expectations as well like he picked it up right from the finals and even got better. Um, he was averaging like almost 17 points, almost seven assists a game, which is like starting point guard caliber. So if um, as Kyle Lowry ages, like he's obviously looking to take over that role and I think he can do it, man. I didn't really think that coming into this season. So both of those two have really impressed me and OG Ananobi as well, just taking steps defensively Um becoming a little more consistent offensively as well. So you're just looking at like, it's, it's pretty incredible how like almost top to bottom, almost every player on the Raptors improved this year. Um, but those three stand out, especially. 
for sure. I and totally agree with that. I I uh I mean, even with uh, Norm Powell, especially. I mean, he's been playing really really good, and I know uh he's really made up for the loss. Uh, obviously not completely of Kawhi Leonard and even Danny Green to an extent, but um just him stepping it up has filled that void of especially in terms of scoring, um for the Raptors. Um and we've seen a lot of that, and I really hope he carries that forward. Yeah, and there was kind of like concern right like how do you like not only fill all these minutes on the wing but like fill the scoring right because it just it was a really good team defensively I think we all kind of expected them to still be great defensively but like where do you get the scoring from like you need someone to create their own shot and they have Kyle Lowry and Siakam but like they need a little more and I think Powell has done that like beyond anyone's expectations and he's just been amazing like i i said on a podcast like um like a month or so ago like powell has been a lot better than danny green this season has been for the lakers which like i don't think a lot of people expected going into the season but it's been really like a delight to watch i don't know if you guys saw the one um the game on martin luther king day just about two months ago now oh, yeah the hawks it was game, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a 2 p.m. day game. Um, and I think I got home for just the second half. And and Norm had like two points at halftime. And he scored, I think, like 25 in the second half. He just hit six threes in a row. It was incredible to watch. And that's right. kind of been that's kind of been representative of his season. That was a crazy game because I remember it like, um, even though Norm was going off, I just remember Trey Young like, eating up the Raptors like it was nothing yeah. especially in the fourth and I was like wow this, that's the game that solidified it for me like this guy's the real deal but um, oh yeah but the Raptors still got it done and um, yeah I'm excited for Powell because I definitely think this is his season to take that step forward um, and uh, I don't know we just have to see how it is going forward because he can definitely be the starting um, shooting guard for I guess the foreseeable future and I think he's definitely had this in him. Like we we've been waiting for this moment to come for a long, long time. Like it's whatever whatever reason it just hasn't fully come out yet. And I'm just glad that it's finally he's finally breaking out and becoming that player that we know that he can be. And if all goes well, he may as well be the starting shoot, shoot shooter uh, in the near future. So I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Norm. Yeah, exactly. Like he showed that he showed flashes of that talent and like that he has those skills, but like his decision making and just like his, I guess his mindset or like, or his confidence, like it was just always on and off for him. And this year it was just on all the time. And, um, and that's what made him so good because he has like the three point shooting and he has the athleticism to get by pretty much anyone and get to the rim but he just needed to put it all together and keep it together consistently and he really did that this year i'd always joke with myself that he kind of reminds me of a kobe bryant light light version like there's some similarities <laughs> there like i'm obviously not saying like he's gonna be kobe but like he like the, the athletic dongs like the shoot the three-point shooting is there like you can i can feel it at times but i'm not saying he's gonna be kobe bryant I just feel like there's some aspects of his game that, hey, that looks familiar. He has that, like, prototypical, like, this is what a shooting guard should be, right? Like, six foot six, like, super athletic, can defend some really good players, um, can shoot, can get to the rim, like, kind of all-around score type of build. And, um, and yeah, like, it, it's just, it was just a matter of, like, of doing that every night instead of some nights. And, um, 
And again, like he's really like I really wasn't sure if he was gonna get there because this is like I think his um I think it was his fourth or fifth season in the league and like it was hard to say that like he was really gonna um he was really gonna do that at this point in his career, but uh, he really did he really did like become that player. And his contract was kind of viewed as an overpay when they first extended him, like for I think it was like four years, forty-four million dollars, like eleven million a year. Um, and now, like I think most people would say that's a bargain, having him at eleven million dollars a year for next year. Um, so yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully they get a chance to play like the playoffs, and it's a really promising team. I think they have. A, if if the playoffs are played, like I think they have a real chance of going to the conference finals, um, and even like a small chance of going beyond that. And then um, next year, like I think they're pretty happy with that core of like Fred Van Vliet, Norm, um, OG and Anobi, and Siakam and Lowry for now. You know, I love actually that you... funny you mentioned oh, that. Um... Yeah, I was just gonna say, but yeah. go on. I was gonna say I love that you mentioned um, like the cap space and the contracts and things like that because I think what's Everyone seems to kind of just kind of not mention, but um, I, I like mentioning is that the fact that the Raptors have had this next man up mentality has helped obviously the salary, like the, the cap space a lot because you're getting guys on cheap contracts uh, really step their game up and play like pretty much elite. Um, and that that's really been helping the Raptors. Like, um, and uh, that's why I'm really looking forward to, I mean, let's say 2021 when, free agency hits because the Raptors will have a lot more options. Um, they still have to sign, you know, like Fred and things like that. But again, I think, uh, they're just, their ability to develop players really helps them, uh, in that sense. And, and then they're just waiting to sign someone big. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, my question is though, um, just to follow up, since we're talking about uh, the playoffs and ceiling, because I think the million-dollar question is, so uh, what's going to happen with this Raptors team should the season resume? Like, people are, have always been down in this team from the get-go. As soon as Kawhi left, like, oh, they're not going to do anything. It's like you've been talking about. Uh, and they've been proving expectations wrong. And now, if the playoffs were to start uh, over, like, like season were to resume, the Raptors are still in a playoff spot. So you're talking about them doing some damage. Do you seriously think that this Raptors team has a legitimate shot at doing something special yet again? Um, yeah, I guess it depends. <laughs> depends what you define as special. Like, I think they have a legitimate shot at the finals. I think, yeah, I think um, he's trying to ask, like, what what do you see as the ceiling and I guess the floor for the Raptors? Yeah. Yeah, I guess the floor I would say is like a second round exit. Like, I think they're pretty on par with uh, with Boston and. Like, it was kind of looking like it's probably a 2-3 matchup with the Celtics in the second round. And um, and that would be kind of a great matchup. Um, the Celtics and Raptors have both been, like, playoff teams the last, I think, four years for Boston. Um, and they just kind of avoided each other. Like, they weren't in the same bracket. Uh, but I would say, like, I would say that's, like, as tight a matchup as it can get. And... They could lose that series, so that would be kind of the floor, but I wouldn't see them losing the first round. Um, but then on the other side, like, I think they could get to the conference finals, and that might even be the expectation just because they'd have home court in the second round. Um, and really, like, I wouldn't say, like, I wouldn't pick 
like I, the Bucks are a heavy favorite, so I wouldn't say like the Raptors like would be expected to beat them or anything. But like I'd give them at least like I don't know, like it's hard to estimate, but like a twenty to thirty percent chance, which is like definitely a significant chance. And I don't think I'd pick the Bucks against the field in the East just because like if you look at it round by round, like I think Miami could give them a decent fight in the second round. Like Miami beat them twice this year. And then maybe Milwaukee's a little worn down for that conference finals. And who knows, like Eric Bledsoe kind of disappeared in the playoffs last year. Like I don't fully trust everyone on the Bucks as good as they are. And if it just comes down to like Giannis being the best player in the world or being better than anyone on the Raptors, maybe that's it. But the Raptors have defended him just about as well as anyone in the league. So if they if they could slow him down, if they could slow that supporting cast down, like I don't think it's out of the question to say the Raptors make the finals. And I mean, like who knows? I don't think it's the most likely scenario, but like I do think it's their ceiling if things break right for them. And you don't um, you so don't think they can win the yeah. championship? Um, I mean, like if you can make the finals, you can win the championship. You know, of course. Like it's hard to. <laughs> I mean, right? even like, last, even like last everyone, season, I feel like everyone yeah. got into the finals. At least I did. Like, I'm always realistic. So I said, you know, if mm. the Raptors make the finals, that's like their championship. Like, with the Warriors yeah, in the West, yeah. like, we can't really expect no, too much. But I think then you're they, totally they right. Done. Like, yeah. I think everyone had this mentality, like, the goal for the Raptors was always make the finals, make the finals. Like, beat LeBron, that's the only thing in the way of the finals, right? And they almost did it, or they thought they had it they had home court against them and then got swept like they they really only had like one goal was to make the finals they weren't even thinking like we can beat the Warriors just with Durant especially at their peak but like yeah that was always the goal and and, and no one really and I think that's why like game six and um against the Bucks and like beating them was so emotional because like they finally achieved the goal but then like there is a whole other series to play. And I think if you make the finals, like anything can happen. You don't know who's going to be your opponent. You don't know how healthy they're going to be. Um, you don't know if like the Lakers or the Clippers, like if they're, if it's going to be one of those two teams, like even though that's definitely the most likely thing, like who knows if there's an upset or something and you don't know who your opponent's going to be, like you might have home court in the finals and, and like I wouldn't rule anything out in that case. So I was just saying, like, just because it's hard to look so far into that, especially because we don't even know how long that will be from now. But like it's hard to look that far into the playoffs. Um, but just looking at it, like I don't think um I don't think the finals are out of the question and I don't think like the title's out of the question. I wouldn't bet on it, but um but I wouldn't like I wouldn't count them out. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I do. Want I to definitely talk... agree with that. Oh no, Michael. Just, go ahead. just, just want to add a quick point. Like I totally agree with you on that. And but the one thing I've learned about this Raptors team is they oh they never cease to amaze me. They always find a way to raise the bar higher than they they have before. And like we've seen them many times. Like they think we, this is this is the peak. That this is there's no way they can go higher than that. And they somehow exceed our expectations. It was one thing I can say about this Raptors team is that. Yeah, we could potentially think that they could just make the second round. That's uh, they'll pat themselves on the back. It's like, hey, we did a great job, but they could just keep going. What's who's to say that this Raptors team could do it again? I totally think it's 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 totally possible. Yeah, like you can't you can't count them out because like 
they just yeah they always they always surpass expectations and they always like do more than you expect them to like i yeah like i wouldn't say it's more more likely than not but i also wouldn't say um i wouldn't say it's like impossible or even like i wouldn't say it's like that much of a long shot um which is really encouraging like they're probably one of the top four or five teams in the league um record wise they're third but like i'd say they're right up there just behind like the lakers clippers and bucks in terms of um title favorites which is like really amazing um yeah and if you can be like the second favorite in your conference who's to say like you're not um you're not a potential championship team oh yeah i want i just wanted to address that uh me me and michael seem to always be accidentally speaking over each other's because we usually we usually sit next to each other and we we were better than that but we have to learn <laughs> we have to learn doing it remotely <laughs> yeah we're still learning yeah we're still learning <laughs> my uh i've uh i was wondering uh i mean let's let's start talking about playoffs uh now like more playoff questions but uh i mean if if the season resumes we don't it's really all up in the air because we don't have a president for this but uh people are talking about you know should they change the playoff the playoff format or how should they when they resume the season if and when they do um how would they go about it are they going to play out the rest of the games or jump right into playoffs or are they going to change out the playoff format and this is it's it's like this for both basketball and hockey it's kind of up in the air for both seasons because they're pretty much very identical to each other in terms of timing and 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 format um so i, I just wanted your opinion leo like uh do you have a what, what's your opinion on like the playoff format kind of uh suggestions it's so tough honestly like it's just because there's no like there's no example of like what to do right um i think most teams are at like 64 65 games played i'd say maybe like maybe play a few more just so that everyone gets i guess even or like or that you at least um can give them like a little rhythm going into the playoffs because it's really tough to just not play for who knows how long, like two months, let's say, and then just jump straight into it. Like you even see in like preseason and like first couple games of the season, sometimes like teams are rusty and it's like, it's just really weird to get that transition and you don't really want that to be playoff basketball. Um, but at the same time, like who don't, like you don't know how much time you're going to have. So like maybe just a few games, like regular season to, to get them back into it. I don't think you can really play out the rest of the regular season. I just don't think it's realistic. The East, the playoff teams are already pretty much determined. Um, the West, like, yeah, Portland and New Orleans and Sacramento were like three and a half games out. But I think you just kind of have to say like, you know, this is this is what it was. And like, obviously it's extenuating circumstances. So like, it doesn't really matter that they had a chance at the playoffs. Like you can understand why like you're not getting in like it's just we we have this bizarre unprecedented situation in terms of how the playoffs would play out like i don't know maybe like best of five the first two rounds maybe just the first round like i guess depends on the timing as well but like i don't think anyone would mind if it was like best of five the first two rounds or even like the first round like i don't know if they would skip it entirely but at least like um even shorten it further like best of three or something um hopefully for the conference finals and the finals like you would want them to get seven game series in um again like depends on the timing but 
I don't think that would be like, I don't think most teams would complain. Like obviously the revenue like that they lost and all that, but like, you know, you're losing a lot of revenue anyway from all these games that you're missing. And it's kind of inevitable at this point. So I think you just take what you can get. And if you can get like a full seven game series for the last two rounds, like I think that's kind of a best case scenario at this point. Um, the one thing I would say like that I really have like a strong opinion on is that they should try to find any way to finish this season just because it's already three quarters of the way through, like just to, to have a playoffs this year, I think is more important than having like a full 82 games next year. I think you can sacrifice some of those regular season games next year, if it means getting a full playoffs. And then if you have to push back next year to December or whatever it is, I think that's worth it just because the playoffs are that important. And like, why, like, why, why do we suddenly care about regular season games more? Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like we always talk about the regular season doesn't mean that much. Why not use next season as the chance to have that shortened regular season everyone's always talking about and just make sure we get a playoffs because like, that's what everyone cares about. 100%. Totally agree with that. I uh, just want to point out, because it's funny you mentioned that we were talking, me and Matthew were talking about this on the previous episode about what's going to happen, uh, not just for this year, but for next year. And just how the ripple effects going to be going on. There's a very distinct possibility that we won't be having a regular NBA and just any in general season come back until at least 2021-22. So you always have yeah. to keep those things in mind. And like the playoffs especially. I think if we look at the NBA standings, I'm just, I was just looking at it again right now. The majority of the playoffs spots are pretty well set in stone. Like, the difference between the Orlando Magic and the Washington Ridges is pretty substantial, and it's looking like that's the East. Yeah. The same the thing West with the West. The West is a different story, though. The West is much more yeah. tight than that. I, I, I mean, it's like the top seven is pretty much determined. It's just that one spot, right? Yeah, like, that's so what that's I, like I do think. out of 16 yeah. teams. I think that they, sh- they should play. Like, we were talking about it on, on the last episode in terms of hockey and basketball, but in hockey, like, it's a much more um, – I guess dispersed so um you can't really make the argument like oh you know some some teams are gonna be annoyed if they they can't get in if if they don't play as many games but in basketball I feel like it matters a little more to play out the regular season because just looking at especially the western conference like especially for that eighth seed you got like three teams Portland New Orleans and Sacramento like just a few games back of uh, Memphis even San Antonio but it's like really tight and if 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 you just cancel the rest of the season outright, like the the rest of the regular season, then just go into playoffs, or even shorten the amount of games, um, like if I were one of those teams, like I, I would I would like I understand if they they're if they'd be upset for missing a few games when you know like they're they're right outside that playoff picture. Yeah, get, it's mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, I was just saying. Yeah, go, but go on. Um. Yeah, I mean, like. Wouldn't it be, like, a great time to just get, like, super weird with the format? Like, why not just have, like, like they've been talking about that, like, little tournament to end a the season, like, the seven, it, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten, right? So, like, why not just have, like, Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, like, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, just have, like, a five-team, like, mini tournament where you all play each other and just, like, winner gets the eighth spot like i bet new orleans would win that um and memphis would have like a good chance but who knows like maybe portland gets their players back healthy like lillard um nurkic um 
and if everyone's healthy, like maybe they have a chance. Like I think that would be entertaining, and then you get like the best possible eight seed, whoever's playing the best, and um, and it's kind of a nice little way of getting that last spot. I think the other spots are kind of determined. It's a bit tough because like like Dallas has played three more games than Houston and Oklahoma City but they all have the same number of wins. Dallas just has three more losses. So it's like, how do you, like, do you have to have Oklahoma City and Houston play three more games or do you just kind of leave it like it is? And it's it's a weird situation. Like, I don't know if there's any, like, right answer, but yeah, like, I do tend to agree, like, at least play a few more games just to maybe even it out or, like, get the rest off. Um, but yeah, what do you think of that, like, the last... Uh, the last seed having like some kind of play in tournament or something. I think that's a really good idea. And it just really presents an opportunity. Like you were saying to really experiment and try different things uh, with the playoff format, because that's what a lot of people have been clamoring for is like, let's change things up. Let's uh, try something different because the, the way that things have been going right now with the playoff seating and just the way that the playoffs go is a little, getting a little stale. And I know people are saying, let's do one through 16, regardless of uh, who makes it in which conference. And I tend to agree that that's probably a good idea. So, yeah, this is an unfortunate circumstance, and, like, the uh, reality situation is very grim at the moment, but this is a great opportunity for the NBA to try something different, and uh, who knows? Maybe uh, something like this could stick uh, for a regular 82-game season. The big argument, I guess, against, like, changing things up is always, like, oh, this is how we've always done it. Like, this will mess up, like, historical records, whatever. But, like everything is already messed up because of this like unprecedented weird situation. So it's like, might as well, like this would be the time to do something if you've ever wanted to experiment with something. Right. Um, so like, why not just do something like this and something weird? Um, the best of five could be interesting too, because it's like every game means a little more. Um, we obviously see with like March Madness and, NFL playoffs like that one game single elimination is always like super intense so it's not quite the same because it's like a five game series or even like a three game series but like at least it's like it's shortened it's a little bit um it's a little bit more intense and like and these games are still meaningful because it's part of the playoffs um and yeah and it doesn't yeah like it can't it's we we're all basically admitting like it can't be exactly the way we always normally do it just because of the circumstances so might as well get like a little more interesting oh for sure yeah. uh, i want to start i mean we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping things up but uh i, I want to keep talking about playoffs um you mentioned obviously the raptors and bucks uh series and uh i think the, the bucks are the main i guess thing that's in the in the raptors way and the raptors haven't played well against the bucks this uh like during the regular season series that much. So, um, I mean, what, what, what do you think the, I guess, what do you think the Raptors have to do to try and overcome the, the bucks in the playoffs? Because that's obviously the, the number one thing everyone's kind of looking forward to. Yeah, it's tough, right? Like the bucks are really good. And like, they, they were 53 and 12 before all this. And even before that, like they lost four of their last 10 when like, they were on fire um, and they lost like three in a row just before the postponement of the season. So they were like 53 and nine, um, like on pace for almost 70 wins and they were rolling. Um, I guess it's just, it comes down to like slowing down Giannis is the first thing. 
And I think the Raptors did a decent job when they put OG Ananobi on him. Um, it would help to have Marcus Gasol back just in the middle, um, giving them an extra, like, huge help defender. Um, but, like, obviously it's never easy to stop an MVP, but, like, at least to slow him down, make him a little uncomfortable, make him take more jump shots, because um, that's kind of, like, as much as he's improved, um, he's still not, like, a great jump shooter. His free throws he really struggles with as well. So, like, if you're making him take threes or mid-range shots, like, that's that's a win for you. And then with the other guys, like, they just have a lot of three-point threats, three-point shooters across the floor, and you, and the Raptors give up a lot of three-point attempts, which is definitely not good, but at least, like, make the other guys kind of beat you, make them do something other than just spot up for open threes, right? So, like, they've got, like, Eric Bledsoe, DiVincenzo, and George Hill, and Brooke Lopez. Like, they just have all these guys up and down the roster and you just want to make them do something else. Um, another guy who's been really good for them is Chris Middleton, but I think the Raptors have done like a pretty solid job on him. Uh, they usually go with Pascal guarding him and then, uh, and then Obi on Giannis, like I said. Um, so like you've got like the defensive guys to kind of contain those guys. I think really where the Raptors struggled, particularly in that last matchup against them was offensively and just finding kind of, um, finding how to beat that Bucks defense, which is like incredible and historically great. Um, the one thing is that like they were missing Norman Powell and Marcus Gasol, which is huge for their offense. And I think a big thing is that the Bucks give up a lot of threes at the top of the arc and like uh, they cut them above the break threes, like non-corner threes basically. So Norman Powell and Marcus Gasol are great at that because like Gasol pretty much does that little pick and pop to the top of the key and then he's left open most times because the Bucks drop down and they protect the paint. So if he can burn them on that shot and then Powell um, just being like that explosive scorer, like we talked about, like, I think you need that scoring punch. And then, um, yeah, and you need a little luck. You need to get hot from three a little bit sometimes. Um, I think a big part of beating the Bucks is just out shooting them for three. But a lot of it is going to come down to um, – just finding ways to score in the paint as well against that Milwaukee defense, which is, like I said, like just a really tough uh, defense at protecting the paint. A hundred percent. I mean, we know the Raptors are a defense first team, but obviously figuring out that offense is what um, will be the real challenge there, especially against Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, um, I was, I was going to talk about, I mean, while we're on top of the Bucks and Giannis, I mean, what do you think it'll, it'll take to kind of pry Giannis away from the Bucks in 2021 since everyone's talking about that? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it got, it, it, I guess it kind of changed now, right? Because like, because of the way this, this next season could like unfold, mm-hmm. like, I mean, if they canceled the playoffs, like that's that really hurts the Bucks, I think, because like now they don't have a chance to win the title, which I think is really important to Giannis. I think Giannis loves being in Milwaukee and they've done a great job of building the team around him. So I wouldn't say, like I'd say if I, um, if like I was just betting on it, like most likely thing to happen, I would say Giannis resigning. Um, he can sign the Supermax this summer, but which is like the extra, um, extra year, five-year contract um, at, extra money i think it's around 40 million dollars a year um similar contract to like what westbrook got and um a few other players 
but I would say like if I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's set in stone because I think if the Bucks don't win a title this year and then like and they still don't make the finals even I would say like it's up in the air because Giannis has made it pretty clear like winning is always the most important thing for him um the reason he's been tied to toronto so much i think it, it's mostly because of masai jerry masai, yeah. and their connections and i think masai helped his uh Giannis's family immigrate and like he's just been really close with him for a long time and having that tie and like toronto's got like it's a really diverse city and it has like a greek community it has like nigerian community um so it has like a lot of um just a lot of like like it's a more it's a more diverse place than Wisconsin for sure. And it's just like, it's a great, like we all know how great Toronto is in terms of being like an international city. And like, and like, I think even Kawhi liked his time here. And if he hadn't been from California, like free agency would probably be a different story. So I think like of all stars, like the one who's not like American born, like American raised would be like one of the ones more attracted to coming to Toronto. And then they've also just built, like, on the court, a really good core of young players, um, players who I think Giannis would really like playing with in terms of Siakam and Anobi Van Vliet and maybe even Lowry if Lowry um, continues to stay as he ages. So, yeah, like, there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of good momentum going that way. Um, again, like, it's not necessarily all that likely, but, like, it's definitely a possibility, and the Raptors have built a strong case for themselves. Exactly. And I think that uh, they have the, the pieces needed and the cap space potentially once that time comes to make such a deal work. And who knows, maybe even attract another star and they could potentially have a really nice big three with uh, Giannis, Siakam and insert whichever free agents available in 2021 here. So that's yeah. definitely a possibility. But obviously with this thing going on, this might have put a damper in that because I think Giannis would be like, hey, we, I was robbed of a championship for unforeseen circumstances. I want to stick around because I feel like it's unfair. So you never know how this thing could play out. I mean, obviously, it'd yeah. be the best case scenario would be Giannis leaves Milwaukee because he has, doesn't think it's going to be possible to win there, comes to Toronto, and he does it here. But that's just like dreaming on it. So like you said, it, you know, who knows if it happens? It probably won't. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't get Giannis, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world just because there are, like, a lot of 2021 free agents. Um, Kawhi Leonard and, return to Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would, that would be a storyline. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's so many elite players um, in free agency. I mean, <laughs> I don't think LeBron, I would be shocked if LeBron went anywhere, but, like, at the same time, like, I don't think many people expected him to leave Cleveland. Like Paul George, Kawhi, um, like even lower tier, like Gordon Hayward. Um, as of now, DeMar DeRozan as well. Um, Anthony Davis, potentially, although it seems like he's going to resign for um, four or five years. So probably not, but like Victor Oladipo, like that kind of lower end all-star, like all those guys are available in 2021 and the Raptors, like you said, are going to have a lot of cap space. I think they'll have enough space for two stars, depending on um, what Van Vliet's contract is and if they keep Norman Powell around, which they may want to do. But like, if you even add one superstar to this team, like they literally won a championship with this exact same core. Um, and yeah, maybe Gasol and Ibaka, like probably only one of those guys, or maybe neither of them will be here. But 
if they have if they have that core of players along with a superstar who's like who becomes the best player and the leader of that team, I think that's as good a championship core as any team in the league. So yeah, definitely really promising with that cap space. And Giannis is the guy ideally that they would get. But yeah, like it's not like I said, like it's not um it's not Giannis or Bust. Like they have other options as well. I mean the Raptors are pretty much one superstar away from being a serious contender, I think. Um, but I mean, we'll start to wrap up here. I have one more question. Um, you wrote about, I, I read your piece on, uh, Terrence Davis kind of as a comparison to Fred Van Vliet in the sense that their development's been the same. Um, I want to ask you like, how important do you think the development of players is here in Toronto? And do you think it's like, I guess Toronto's secret weapon, like why they're such a threat is because they can develop players so well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like, I think that's kind of been the key to like this whole thing, right? Like they developed DeMar DeRozan. That was kind of the start of all of this because they developed DeMar DeRozan and that was, he was the main attraction in the Kawhi trade, right? And they developed like this whole bench with Pirtle, Siakam, Van Vliet, um, Norman Powell, and and like just this having this whole core uh, and then Pirtle and DeRozan became like the trade package for Kawhi, which maybe wasn't like fair value for him, but like developing those players was huge. And then Siakam's emergence was kind of a surprise. Like no one really expected him to be as good as he was last year. And that kind of made him almost, almost an all-star um, and basically a third star to go with Kawhi and, and Kyle Lowry. So then you have, those like three all-star level guys and then you put that with like the rest of that uh the rest of that championship team but like just having um having those periphery guys um like they got powell and a draft day trade at 46 pick they got oj ananobi at 20 they got like delon Wright even like a key piece for the marcus soul trade um in the 20s so they just keep drafting these guys like in the 20s or in the second round getting Fred Van Vliet undrafted um, and being able to develop these guys yourself. Like you just get so much value out of those guys on rookie contracts. I mean, we even see it in football, right? Like if you can get a quarterback on a rookie contract, um, and then you can just surround him with like such a good team, right? Like the chiefs um, because like you just have all that space to work with. So the Raptors just piece together a bunch of solid players um, just on these on these small contracts, on these rookie contracts, or even Van Vliet now, like on his second contract, that's like not that big because it was only his first like post rookie contract. So just being able to get all these guys on your own team. Um, I think the D league team has been a huge help to that and they really invested in that and that turned out to be a great decision. So just being really, um, really smart about like those draft day acquisitions and, um undrafted free agents and even like the late first round early second round picks i think it's been like fantastic to watch um to watch them develop all these different guys and i'd say they have as good a development team as any in the league which is kind of um it's kind of like the spurs over these last like 20 years of making the playoffs and the raptors have kind of become um some version of that only with one championship so far but like just to have like all that development on the side and have a really good culture, I think is huge. And 
it's another thing that I think should be really attractive to free agents um, in 2021 or at some point. We love to keep chatting with you, but we're running short on time. Just before we let you go, though, I just have one quick question. Um, let's say the NBA playoffs do resume. What are your predictions for the finals? Um, I'd say, like, if I have to pick it right now, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd say, I'd say Lakers Bucks. Ooh, that's like my that. gut feeling. Safe choice, yeah. And who do you think comes out on top out of those two? Um, <laughs> that's tough. I, you know, I didn't really believe in them coming into the season. Um, I was kind of skeptical, but like. I guess just like I didn't really they're not really a deep team or anything mm-hmm. and I didn't really like their guards but I'd say the Lakers yeah I, that's how I felt I think mm-hmm. yeah I think I I think I favor them slightly um how about you guys uh, I'd say the same honestly uh, I would love to see the Raptors in there um mm-hmm. but I have to say the Lakers I, I do I think the Clippers are a deeper team obviously but they still they're still figuring out kinks and things like that so the Lakers definitely seem more dominant right now, but they're like one injury, one major injury away from, you know, being thin. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't think it's a guarantee or anything, but yeah, that's like just to pick someone like concretely, that would be my guy. Oh, yeah. That would be my team. And like having LeBron, I think it's still going to be, um, I think LeBron still has that in him. Like what he did two years ago in the playoffs where he was just, unbelievable i think he still has oh, that yeah. LeBron level ne- lebron um, never ages it's too bad that he <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's too bad that he hasn't gotten that chance yet because now the playoffs are delayed we haven't gotten playoff lebron since almost two years ago yeah. now and yeah it's gonna be a little while yes sit tight uh but yeah, yeah thanks man thanks for coming on here um we love talking basketball with you honestly um and also for any- anyone <laughs> listening check out like his content obviously on raptors rapture and on uh the ryersonian i have some me and him worked on a few things together our, our video just came out you saw it right the uh yeah the, <laughs> the jersey video it's uh designing ryerson jerseys i didn't get to do like the final part yeah. of it but, your credit's uh, in there though i know you didn't get a byline a i know you didn't get a byline because you know no, you it's okay. but we, we put you in you put we put you in the credits for the video it took um, us like how long to make it took us all to our entire time we all we formulated a week one and we finished it like the very last day. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we would have had plenty of time to edit if uh, if we waited a little while. <laughs> it, was, it was fun though. It was fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a good time. All right. Thanks for having me, you guys. No worries. Yeah. Thanks man. for coming thanks. on. Yeah. Thank you. Um. I guess uh, stay safe. Uh, wash your hands and uh. Yeah. Just uh. <laughs> just uh. Don't enjoy your time touch off. Touch your face. Yeah. Don't touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> all right man. Oh, man uh yeah so thanks for coming uh we'll keep in touch of course all right that's fun man yeah yeah definitely keep in touch and uh and what's your twitter yeah, for, hopefully for, hopefully what? this ends sooner than later <laughs> yeah what, what's your twitter for all the listeners just so they can give you a follow uh it's just my name at lior kozai so it's at l-i-o-r k-o-z-a-i or z if you're american but probably mostly canadian listeners (laughs) yep so uh go go give him a follow um yeah so thanks for uh coming on man all right thanks again all right see ya
was a great uh that was a great segment there i really enjoyed that really good discussion guys if you haven't paid attention to liar stuff already you should definitely do it now i they think he's got a great mind for basketball i think if you are the kind of person to read more about basketball that's the kind of guy you'd want you should read on about oh yeah and his writing is amazing like honestly uh I, I love reading his stuff there has been a little bit of news in the hockey world um not not completely but but just a little um kind of an update here uh tsn reported basically that the players the nhlpa um i guess the players on their own in the group in their own group chats and things like that have been discussing how they would continue the season um if they were to play it who knows when but they have a proposed schedule and uh let me just break it down for you i'm sure you've heard but i'll just break it down here um they're expecting to start, I guess, in July, as long as, of course, the quarantine ends and things like that. Um, they would like training camp to begin in early July and then play out the rest of the games this season and finish that around late July and then head into the playoffs in August and finish the playoffs in September, have the Stanley Cup award, all that. And then one month, really, of free of uh, offseason. So drafting like the draft and free agency would be in October. And then, I guess, a little downtime for them. And then the next season, 2020 to 21 season, would begin in um, November. And yeah. I think we were talking about this last uh, episode, of course. Uh, I, I Especially, I said, like, if if need be, push the, push the start of next season back or, or shorten it in some capacity. So, I actually like this proposal. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I tend to agree that uh, the... the what's in the NHL's best interest is to award a Stanley cup. And like I was saying on the previous episode, I think the last thing the NHL wants is to have two situations where a Stanley cup wasn't awarded so close to one another. Like obviously the previous time was uh, the, the lockout canceling an entire season, 2005, 2006. And to have something like this happening so close to that, I think the NHL would not want to do that. So I think it's very important that they award Stanley cups this year. But I think you also have to keep in mind too. The other important thing is they probably they don't want next season to be really impacted by it. So you also have to keep that in mind as well. What's more important, having a Stanley Cup awarded or making sure that there's no continuity uh, errors for next season? Because I honestly think, in my opinion, it's going to be the former. Because I think they'd rather have a Stanley Cup awarded this year than uh, have next season have possibly 10 last games and that's left more money lost than what they're already going to be losing for sure I, I agree there um if this is the way that they choose to go i honestly wouldn't mind it um play out the rest of the season no no teams can complain about you know the the remaining games uh not being played and then award the stanley cup and yeah i mean it's a short off season and a little you miss one month of uh the regular season but that's not a huge thing in the in, in the in hindsight you know yeah, it's not, exactly. like, it's not like a shortened lockout season or, you know, starting in January. So I don't mind that. Actually, if if they, if they choose to go with that, I, I think that would be a, a pretty good plan. Yeah, exactly. And considering that this, this whole situation is unprecedented and there's really nothing that they can do to uh, override it, like, you have to go with what you can. And I think this is one way you can do that. And I think I commend the NHL players for coming up with something that it could work. Like, this could theoretically be something that we could see. But I hope that we get to a point where play can resume earlier than that so that next season doesn't get too affected by it 
in a way that uh, really negatively impacts next season. Because, like I said, I think the NHL would like to have next season not be too impacted by uh, whatever happens with the end of this season. 100%. Um, so, I mean, uh, that that's the news for hockey for this week. Um, now we're, we have another guest on the show. Um, we'll go into that now. We're back. So we've got another guest on the show. Uh, it's a guest we've had before. Uh, you might be familiar with his. He's probably one of the best photographers in the sports world right now, oh, yeah. I have to say. And uh, a, a great friend of ours, uh, probably one of the best people to talk to on the show, Keyshawn Mystery. Welcome back. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, man? Good, good to be back on the show for a second time. <laughs> remotely Always this time. Remotely. <laughs> remotely. <this time>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not in person. We're trying to figure out how to do remotely. Like this is our first time doing it over the internet and everything, so it's it's a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think most podcasts will have to use this kind of format for the next time being, just because of all all the stuff going on right now. So. Maybe maybe you guys are on to something with this uh, remote podcast kind of setup. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but man, how's your day going? It's going all right so far. Uh, just trying to keep busy with stuff. I'm, I'm not really working right now. Um, so yeah, like I've been gaming a lot. Like I've been running 2K. Um, I have a few kind of graphic things that I've been working on for clients. But aside from that, uh, not much. Just gaming and i started a youtube channel as well uh yesterday too so that's something new to look forward to uh during this pandemic i mean let's talk about that right off the bat like uh your youtube channel obviously you've kind of mentioned that when you came on to our podcast the first time that you want to do it and you're finally kind of bringing that into fruition now um you want to just plug your youtube a bit and then talk a little bit about what 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 you want to do uh with that channel yeah, um, so my YouTube is just under my name, Keyshawn Mystery. Um, basically, it's going to focus on uh, photography, editing, uh, tutorials, hopefully a few vlogs here and there. But basically, um, I wanted to put out a channel for because I get I get DMs like every day or every other day asking like what kind of gear I use or how did I get to where I am today and like just career advice in general. And I thought it would be a good way to kind of um, give back to the community and um, just just another kind of creative side project that'll keep me uh, kind of motivated and also like open up different opportunities for me um, more as a teacher and uh, hopefully more working with more brands and stuff. I got, I got something cool to announce uh, very soon. I just got off the phone with, uh, with someone yesterday. So uh, another big announcement coming up soon. So, uh, well, you guys will hear from me uh, when that gets announced too. Top secret. There's the, there's a little teaser though. There have been rumblings. <laughs> Exclusive. You guys can tweet that out. <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. Upcoming news. announcement yeah. coming from Keyshawn. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking. So, yeah. So where were you when you first learned the news that uh, the sports world as we know it is not the same? Um, so I'll kind of break it down from like the Rudy Gobert stuff, I think. That was the... That was the, the start of it all, yeah. That was the yeah, start yeah. of it all. And then it kind of, it all kind of transpired over the night. Um, but so I was in 
Clearwater, Florida. Um, I was I, I went I, I was there for two weeks, and on my final day, like I covered the Blue Jays and Orioles that day at spring training, and it was my final day, day down there, regardless of all this cancellation of spring training and sports and all of that. But uh, basically, I was on Twitter. Uh, I think I was watching a movie on TV too, and I uh, just saw like. Uh, I saw the clips of like the players leaving the floor and everyone being very confused. And then I think the report came out that two players were being tested for, um, for the virus. Uh, we didn't know what, what, who the players were. <clears throat> and then it was announced Rudy Gobert got the virus and I was like, Oh crap. Like, and well, I like, this is, this is serious. Like what's going to happen? Like all this stuff is getting canceled. Like just, Within minutes, like they announced the uh, Rudy Gobert had it, and then the game's canceled, and then they're going to suspend the rest of the games for the night, and then suspend the season for the next upcoming little bit. So, and then in, in my mind, I was traveling back to Toronto the next day, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like, will I be able to get home? Like, what's the deal?" and all that kind of stuff. So, I I got home the next day, but like, still, like, it, it's still crazy to think that this happened like a week ago, like today's Wednesday, it happened last Wednesday and it, it feels way longer than a week. Yeah. I could totally agree with you on that. I was uh, in Florida as well. We, we ran into each other at that same Blue Jays Orioles game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we, I was just out having dinner with some friends that night and we were just like on our Twitter, just like during a down moment, like what the thunder uh, jazz game is not going to happen. Oh my God. What's going on? Oh no. Go bears got the virus. Oh no. The season's canceled. Ah, yeah, like it, it, everything spiraled. It all just happened like within the span of thirty minutes. All my group chats were blowing up, like with the Woj and Shams tweets, and it's it's crazy just to like reflect back on what a week it's been. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think that we don't know how long this pause is going to last for, like a minimum, maybe a month. Who knows? It could be lasting longer, and there's a, still the potential possibility that we won't be seeing any more NBA and NHL games. Till September at least like we have no idea what the future's in store and I think that's the scary part and like just talking to different people like uh talking to like because last year I did um workshops with free space in the creator class and just um we had like a like, little community group chat going on yesterday with a with a zoom call and they were saying like one of the one of the program uh, uh directors there was like yeah like we had to cancel like a bunch of big opportunities and like we we're not going to schedule any anything anytime soon because in fear of things getting canceled so it's not like nothing is like certain like this could be going on for the next maybe the the rest of the year right like you don't really know oh yeah yeah exactly sure. uh matthew you got anything to want to add more questions i mean it, it's been pretty crazy like it kind of changed it kind of really altered like everything like at least for me like my work's been on pause um I'm, I'm pretty sure like Keyshawn like how has this affected like your content creation right I mean you obviously are a photographer for the sports world so did that cross your mind immediately like what what's going to happen with my photography um definitely like now I'm not like there's no games going on so I can't really work I was like really excited to get started uh with the season opener is scheduled to go next week and I was supposed to be in Arizona right now doing a little training session and covering some Cactus League uh, spring training stuff. But that's 
that's kind of all on the back burner right now. And uh, for me, like, uh, since I'm freelancing and on contract right now with the MLB, I kind of have to depend on um, working on these different projects and games and stuff on a day-to-day basis. And for now, it's all on pause. And uh, by no means am I in any uh, financial issues because I had a really good year last year, so I don't have to worry for the next little bit. But still, like, just as a creator, you want to be creating pretty much every day and want to be productive and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of hard right now when nothing's really going on. And a a good friend I was talking to the other day said the other day that um, everyone's kind of in the same boat as you. Like if, if you're not making money, then everyone in the, in your same shoes are not making money as well. So it is what it is. And like uh, life takes over and you kind of just have to go through the motions and kind of be in the right place to kind of kill it when everything's uh, back into fruition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you you make a great point that it's just hard to keep yourself like active and be creative. uh, And when there's nothing really much going on, you obviously mentioned the YouTube channel and uh, it was a great first video, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what else have you been doing to keep to pass the time uh, since uh, all this has come down? I mean, yeah, you mentioned like video games and stuff like that. Anything, anything else? Um, not really. Like, uh, I've been cooking at home a little bit. I, I'm actually back in Brampton for the next few days or the next little while. I, uh, just being with family and there's there's food and stuff here at home, so I don't have to worry about uh going out to the grocery store and all that stuff for for the next little bit and it's nice to be around family in these times uh too but aside from that just these past few days just gaming and pretty much kind of focusing on um uh what kind of content i want to make for my youtube channel and kind of uh coming up with the different ideas and reaching out to people that i can potentially uh collaborate and maybe even start a podcast too uh on the channel itself uh there's infinite possibilities here oh yeah and I mean, yeah. everyone with all this free time yeah everyone's asking with your youtube channel is mystery hockey gonna come back but, yeah like but, that was the- <laughs> but seriously like do you think you're gonna have any uh like what what kind of sports content are you gonna focus on do you think hockey is could be one of the uh i guess sports that you um, cover i i think so I, it'll be definitely be biz- like covering different aspects I, like I don't, I'm not really playing anymore so I, I don't think I could uh, do reviews the same oh, yeah. way I did before but um, tackling it at I, I don't really know at this point like um, I guess tackling it like covering it as like an industry kind of professional and working in the industry and stuff like that so kind of like a transition period of how I went from uh, reviewing goalie equipment and hockey equipment to going to school for something similar to actually working in the industry now. So um, kind of full circle in in aspect of uh, what my ambitions were in high school and how I kind of uh, studied it uh, in post-secondary education. And then now I'm actually working in the field itself. So um, just talking about that transition, I guess. And There'll, there'll probably be a mystery hockey cameo uh, at some point. I, I'm still trying to figure out a way of incorporating it organically. <laughs> I have no clue it's how fun. you'll do that. Like, are you going to treat it like as a separate character or something? 
he might be a separate character i think uh, <laughs> and like especially with uh from my time at bar down uh the mystery hockey character was was a thing and uh, we posted it on the the bar down count itself and it was like a very like uh popular video when we were first starting up that bar down instagram account and uh got me a few followers here and there and people still know me as mystery hockey. So I, I can't really ignore uh, what the people want. <laughs> it's funny you're mentioning uh, transition because uh, we saw from uh, earlier this year to uh, late last year, you made the transition from uh, covering uh, basketball full time to covering both basketball and hockey. And now you're covering baseball, at least until, until before this all thing mm-hmm. got paused. I want to ask you though, what was the what was the difference you noticed between covering uh, baseball and covering basketball from a photography standpoint? Um, it's 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 a lot different shooting both sports. I feel with basketball, everything's kind of revolved around one play, and so everything going on, it like you won't have to worry about missing stuff because it all kind of focuses around the ball. Whereas in baseball, uh, you can focus on the pitcher, you can focus on the batter, and then you have to quickly kind of transition into shooting what you want in the field. Do you want to shoot uh, the batter running to the base? Do you want to shoot the fielder kind of grounding the ball, uh, the outfielder kind of catching the ball? Um, so there's a lot of like on-the-fly decisions to make. It's definitely a lot slower pace, but once the play starts, I, I feel like it's faster than basketball in, in a crazy sense. Um, and, and with my role with the MLB, I'm doing both photo and video. So um, deciding what to do on a play, whether it be filming it at, at bat for Vladdy Guerrero or taking picks, um, those are kind of decisions you have to make on the fly. So uh, it's a lot of back and forth, and it's it's been a challenge for me starting out, but I, I really enjoy it so far. And I was really excited for the season to start um, because cause baseball c- – can get fun when when the team's performing well and i I had a good feeling about the blue jays this year so just to just to clarify for the listeners before we go forward uh yeah you you are working with the mlb now what exactly is your position position is is it just content creator for yeah so i'm a i'm a i'm a live content creator for for the league itself so um right now i'm based out of toronto so uh whoever the blue jays play i'll be covering the blue jays plus the team that they're playing um so typically typically on game day from what i uh from 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 what i've understood from spring training is uh someone from their content team from the team's content team will kind of reach out to you and say what they're kind of looking for on on the game day and then there's also tasks uh, that the mlb gives me because of their they have like a player program and stuff so uh basically all the content that um i upload to this app called greenfly gets used by um the teams the league and also the players themselves. So what has been cool over this past spring training is seeing uh, my work get used by the teams itself, um, players uh, using my photos as well, and also the league, seeing my stuff on the league accounts as well. So that was pretty cool. Whereas before I was shooting for uh, a media outlet and pretty much my photos would only get shared on the media outlet itself and maybe a player would share it here and there, but that was just through uh, a personal connections and all, uh, stuff like that. But it's it's cool that the players get to have access to my photos and get to use them too. Isn't that really cool though? Like when you get all those players that are 
giving you the credit. I know because that was one of the things we were joking about uh, in the last episode, how some players, uh, even some some at celebrities, would just share your photos and not give you the credit. So I guess hmm. it's kind Justin of like Bieber, coming Justin along. Justin Bieber at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's I'm, funny is from the from the last from our last conversation, we talked about Drake and how he uh, posted one of my photos and uh, didn't credit. But um, at the end of the year, he it was actually a week after we did the podcast and uh he uh yes i remember he reached this. out to me and he asked for because i i shared one of the photos of him at raptors and rockets on uh, on the yahoo account and then uh drake's uh big the biggest fan page word on road shared it as well and then uh, i was credited to that as well and then he he was like, I need to get this pick. So we, he could have simply reposted it from that account, but he decided to reach out to me and say, send me the picture. And then what else are you going to do? Not send him the picture? So you, you send Champagne Poppy the picture and, and he hit me with a tag, which was great. And he, he, he posted two photos that night. He posted one photo, uh, which was mine. And he also posted one of my old colleagues, uh, Connor's photo. Um, in that swipe through as well uh, from TSN, so Connor Connor went to Sport Media as well. Um, we got we yeah. got to so talk it, about it, this. Yeah, it was cool. Like we got to yeah. talk. I remember when that happened, like literally a week after the last episode. I told Michael like because you he DM'd you and like while you were at the game and all that. So I want to know the whole story. I I told Michael I was like, look at this. Like we yeah. need to get the full story. <laughs> we need yeah, to get yeah. The full story. Um. So what happened? Because yeah, you were shooting the game, and then I think he he was at that game. So you you took you shot yeah, yeah. a photo of him. Yeah. And then yeah, just tell me all about. And he follows you. Like that's that must feel. Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even realize that he, because like on my Instagram, like I don't get notifications for some reason. Like I I want to get notifications for messages and stuff, but I just don't. Um. So it kind of forces me to to check my messages all the time and be on Instagram a lot more than I should be. Um, <laughs> so it was after halftime and I like the photo has been uploaded to like Yahoo accounts and it was posted on the fan page and stuff. And I guess during halftime, it was on his phone um, just scrolling through the gram and he saw that photo tagged of him and he's like okay like this guy took the photo i guess i should reach out to him so he i don't know if he followed me first or messaged me first i don't i don't know the timing behind that but uh i, I checked my messages and i uh, my coworker ben was beside me and he's like uh and i was like yo like i i think drake just messaged me i, I checked the profile like i get a ton of like drake not impersonators but fan pages always oh, messaging yeah. me for stuff mm -hmm. so uh, like it'll be like champagne poppy with two eyes or like it, like something like similar but not the same but I, I, at first i thought it was one of those fan accounts and then i checked and it was like the verif because i don't think it, it does show the the verified badge when someone messages you so it had the verified badge and i was like oh damn like <laughs> this is pretty cool so he's like uh i think the message was like yo send the pic um and i was like I sent the pic and I said, uh, my guy. And then he replied with my G and <laughs> that was it. What was going through your uh, head? Like, how do you, how do you like craft, like what to say back to Drake? Like, <laughs> I'd be freaking out. I, I'd be like, what do I say I to Drake like, to sound I would just like, go, like chill? I, I just said my man, like that was it. And, uh, 
you replied with my G. Like, you never know, like, how to talk to these people because you, you don't want to sound, like, uncool, but yeah, you, you also wanna don't want to... Cool you want to sound chill, but you don't want to kill it, too. You don't want to come off as, like, corny, right? So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I still want to, like, hang out with Drake, like, just to see what he's like in, like, real life. I mean, he And I, I'm sure, like, everyone... <laughs> <laughs> that's one step closer he does follow me yeah that's a lot of people can't say that so uh it was definitely a sign uh that maybe something will will come about uh hey you never know i mean uh, now that you've got drake's uh in your in your contacts who, who the world's your oyster hello uh i think we lost I think... oh i think yeah, we, we lost, lost Keyshawn. Uh, oh, he'll no, be right back. <laughs> he'll be right back. This is the struggles of uh, struggles of the online podcast. But uh, we're just gonna do a little break. We'll take a a really quick break, really really quick break, and be right back with uh, Keyshawn. Uh, we're back with Keyshawn now. So Keyshawn, you could continue with your story. Where where did I leave off? <laughs> you um, guys remember? <laughs> I mean, we were talking about like what do you uh, what do you say to Drake and things like that. Yeah, um, it's it, it's always like difficult. Like now, like I'm in these situations where like uh, someone with notable uh, clout reaches out to me, or like just anyone with kind of uh, a following reaches out to me, and I I always like kind of like don't know what to say back to them because I don't want to come off as like corny, but I also want to sound a little bit cool, like I know what I'm doing, uh, kind of things. There's so there's always a balance between all that kind of stuff. And when someone like Drake reaches out to you, you don't want to kind of play off a character that you're not. So I just simply sent a photo over and said, uh, my man. And then he replied with my G and I, I hit him with the, with the like on the message and didn't add anything to it, not to come across as a, uh, uh, too much of a fanboy, but like, definitely like that was the biggest, uh, fanboy moment of my career even though i've like met him before too so i mean he, the fact he, that he like yeah. re <laughs> he reached out to you he followed you so I mean, yeah like he sees your work hopefully yeah that's that's what i was thinking like even this morning like uh if i ever like meet him again like will he know who i am or like because he only follows like a select amount of people right so he's he's definitely seen my work on his timeline I hope, right? So, so he has uh, sixty-four million <laughs> followers, but he only follows two thousand one hundred eighty-one. So you're one of those two thousand. One of those two thousand out of sixty-four million, <laughs> which isn't bad. <laughs> That's good. It's pretty elite company, right there. That is. So, uh, I think that's like top of my resume right now. <laughs> um, uh, but like, let's hope, let's hope I can top it this year. Oh, for sure. What would be a bigger than the getting followed by Drake on Instagram? Um, definitely like him reaching out to me and uh, asking me to work with him because I know he works with like um, local creators too. Like I don't know if you guys have seen his page recently, but he did the the stuff with like the champagne floating around and like the the chips flying in the air that he 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 released that like two days ago. But that's just like a local kind of video editor videographer doing that stuff for him. So he, he definitely, uh, and he tagged him too, which was really cool. Um, so he definitely like likes working with uh, local people. And one of my goals for the year is actually to shoot one of the 
the OVO runs at his house. So that would be awesome. Um, that would I be mean, really hey, cool. We saw he gave out like championship rings for them. Like that's that's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he could live stream that while we don't have sports going on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like have that league going because that would be kind of cool. And just to see like Drake playing because we always just see the clips um, that get uploaded from like Lethal Shooter or. He had that run the other day with like Quavo and Bieber, but like those were just oh, yeah, the highlights, right? I would, I want to, I want to <laughs> see him like play like low lights too. Like I want to see everything. <laughs> that run was legendary. Like so many celebrities were out there. <laughs> yeah, like imagine like just like as a photographer, I was like that would be really cool to just capture that because like no one else is really getting those photos. Like it's a pretty private event, and like when the photos come out, they're like viral everywhere. So. Sure. that's that's definitely one of my goals for for the rest of this year at least whenever the whenever stuff picks back up for sure hey man the world's always i'm sure you'll get those up kind of opportunities and then some yeah let's hope for sure <laughs> um i, I want to move back into the whole shooting baseball thing yep and i want to get kind of into your mind here like for for obviously for um, people who might want to be learning to shoot baseball. I mean, we've talked about shooting basketball, but now uh, baseball. And you kind of say there's so many things going on. So walk hmm. me th- walk me through, like, with so many things going on, so many different places where you could be shooting, so many different players. Um, what's going on in your head? Like, what, what, what do you try to shoot first? And then, like, what's your order in, uh, I guess, shooting? Yeah, um, depending on the players um i tend tend to shoot so let's use the blue jays as an example so when players like bo bichette uh vladdy guerrero uh randall grichuk danny jansen are batting i usually try to get a few photos in in their stance and then i'll switch to video and video their at bat um just so because like video is more important for 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 my job for, for things getting shared, like uh, teams can always rely on Getty photographers and their own team photographers and just wire shooters at the arena um, shooting. So photos isn't that much of a priority if you're shooting in the same locations as them. But if you're, that's why I kind of try to prioritize video in those, uh, those moments because they're mo- more likely to get used by uh, the team social channels. So when I was out covering the Phillies on my, uh, Phillies the couple of times that I did um, they have their own team photographer and they own, they strictly use the team photographer's photos but um, since they're only doing photos they're not doing video so I pretty much all like every time Bryce Harper went up to bat or, or any of their big players I, I made sure to do video and uh, those are the times that they got shared on their uh, their social accounts and even the MLB account with uh, uh, Bryce Harper's home run so it's just about knowing what the, what the team needs, what the league needs. Um, shooting photos in specific, I like to shoot the pitcher and the get the pitcher photos out of the way uh, right off the bat because they don't really change. Because like a pitch looks like a pitch regardless of what the count is or who they're pitching to or any of that kind of stuff. So getting the pitcher photos out of the way when they when they first enter the game and not worrying about that after. And then just kind of worrying about the batters um, when they go up to bat. Oh, exactly. Um, I know it's really, I know it's still early on, and like you've been doing 
I'm going to say a couple weeks now, like actually shooting games. But do you think you have a preference between baseball and basketball now? Um, I honestly love shooting both. Uh, I, in basketball, there is – it's obviously what I've been shooting for for the past two years, so I'm going to slightly lean heavier onto that. But I'm, I'm really excited to kind of start in baseball and, like, especially, like, watching the – MLB playoffs last year through their social channels and all that kind of stuff. The moments just look so much bigger and like capturing a photo of someone hitting like a home run in a big moment and just capturing those like isolated moments um, does a real good job of like storytelling in a way. And like um, it's going to be really, really fun kind of capturing uh, this, this young Blue Jays team um, this year and hopefully next year too as well and seeing them kind of grow into baseball's next kind of big team so from a storytelling aspect uh i'm really excited to to kind of work alongside the sport um but i i lean a little like so i if you if we were to split it like uh in a pie it would be 60 percent baseball 40 percent uh basketball right now but it might change whatever i'm shooting right so Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy everything that I shoot, and uh, I always feel blessed to to have that as a as a job for me. Oh, exactly. And you were mentioning too about the storytelling. The beauty about baseball is that it's pretty much every single day, and there's like very few days off, so there's always a different story to be told. So, like one day could be the players are in jubilation, like they saw a big home run from a player that doesn't usually hit it, and then the next day maybe they just lost a really close game. You're going to see the agony on their faces. It's like you said, like it's a diff, always enough great opportunity to shoot something different. And I think just because it happens every single day, it's a very unique sport in that regard. Yeah, and it also forces you to become more creative in what you're shooting, like uh, shooting from different areas in the stadium. And um, the biggest, the biggest thing for me is like um, shooting photos and video that when people will come across it on their timeline, they'd be like, "Oh, this is really cool!" Like. I I never thought of like baseball being shot like this or being video video like this. So uh, that's my biggest goal um, in doing so. And I I think baseball has done a really good job in the in the world of social media of um, uh, embracing um, different creators and different ways the sport can be uh, portrayed. And I think baseball and sports like that need it because they're they're old sports. Um, they're not dying in interest, but um, um, definitely basketball is the biggest sport in America, I think, right now, and based around all the storylines and stuff. But all these new players in baseball, uh, like the old, the old guard is kind of um, shifting now. And we have these, these new kind of fun players like uh, Javier Baez and Tim Anderson with the bat flips and even Marcus Stroman to some extent, like all those players that want to establish their brands. And I, th- I think it's important that this, uh, the MLB has this kind of live, live content program in place to, to get that content across and to, to show, show people that don't really like baseball, that baseball is fun and it can be exciting. Oh, exactly. A great opportunity for sure to really uh, make baseball more attractive to younger audiences, because I know this is like an ongoing topic. You're nothing new for you that baseball is not as appealing to the younger demographic as it uh, would like to be. And these are just one of the ways to do it. And, and I commend you for uh, the work you've done so far. It's just a shame that 
so far your work's gonna be on pause because <laughs> what i've seen it looks it looks great thank you man yeah, even I saw, uh, I saw the videos and those are those are so cool like uh especially the bryce harper one of him like in yeah. slow-mo running bases um yeah that looks so crisp and clear and like it looked really clean, and uh, especially if they're going to use that for social, like, it just looks... I, I don't think I've seen that, like, exactly that being, like, that kind of angle and that kind of uh, take on video used in baseball. Yeah, and, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, um, the past couple of years, I've focused really heavily on my photography, and I think I'm at a point now where I can um, be confident in where I am at at that level and um, focus on video. And like with this MLB job, I was really excited to kind of hone in on that that videography kind of skill and uh, put my best effort into that and kind of show the world that I can do more than just uh, photography. For sure. Do you have any tips for any new photographers as well for covering baseball, I guess, um, that you've picked up so far? Just any any tricks or tips? Little yeah. Um, you definitely need a long lens, which is kind of the downside of uh, shooting baseball. Um, if you, if you like with basketball, you can kind of get away if you're shooting on the court. Um, but with baseball, it's a little difficult. What, what lens um, do you use for shooting? Baseball? So I, I've been using a 300 millimeter right now. Uh, the F4, not the F2.8 for the, for the camera nerds out there. So like the F2.8 is like really expensive. It's like, I, I think it was like seven, it's like 7,000 or $8,000. And I was like, there's no way I can afford that right now. Um, and so I use the, uh, the, the lens that I use right now, it's not even mine. I, I'm borrowing it from a uh, free space and the creator class, which, um, they've allowed me to borrow for since the start of the hockey season too. Um, so I've been using that lens right now. And so I use that lens in the Canon 70 to 200 lens, but like those two lenses are fairly expensive, but you, you kind of need a long lens to kind of capture action. You can always shoot with a shorter lens and then crop in and post, um, which isn't the worst thing. Um, but with baseball, you kind of just have to be a little knowledgeable about the sport, knowing what's going on at all times and knowing what to shoot. I think that's the biggest uh, biggest tip tip and piece of advice for shooting baseball, just being, being knowledgeable about the sport, who's playing, uh, what batters, what what their tendencies are like, and uh, if if you have a good knowledge of the game itself, you'll find it easier to shoot. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, and are there any? Also, I was gonna say, uh, while on the topic of lenses, if are there any? Do you have any cheap alternative ideas for like someone starting out trying to shoot baseball? Maybe uh, any any alternative lenses they they can get kind of on a budget. Yeah, the, the, um, every every brand does a, a seventy to three hundred lens that that'll be more than more than good for what you're shooting. Um, it's around a four hundred to five hundred dollar lens. It's still like kind of a bit pricey, but like you you can get that one, or there's a, there's even a cheaper alternative that's uh, I believe two hundred bucks. Um, so depending on what your what your needs are, like um, and your budget is, you can get away with spending two hundred dollars on a on a lens and being confident with that and the good thing about baseball is um it's in the majority it's played outside and like the lighting's pretty good during the day and so you can get away with shooting at a higher kind of aperture which is which these lenses have so you don't have to stop down to 2.8 and all that kind of stuff and you can get away with um shooting with like a cheaper lens and getting pretty good results because you're 
your ISO is not cranked up all the way and your photos won't be grainy in any of that um, retrospect and sharp as well. So um, definitely um, starting out, you can look at the, the 70 to 300 uh, millimeter lens or the 75 to 300 millimeter lens. That, that one's a little cheaper, um, but those are really good alternatives to, as opposed to spending like a couple thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars on a on a camera lens. Absolutely. Um, what are some stories that you've noticed from spring training? Uh, like just things you spotted uh, while you're, or just things you've actually captured. Um, the players like to have a good time out there. Like they're always laughing. At, at least for now, like the Blue Jays, they're all they're all having a good time. Um, there's certain players that. Are, are aware of when the camera is around. I, I think I noticed with Bo Bichette, um that when the camera is pointing, it, pointing it in his direction, he'll kind of look away or he kind of won't embrace it. Um, and like players are like that, I guess. And, and then some players will lean into it. Like uh, I had Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, I had my, phone, uh, my, my camera kind of pointed down towards the dugout and he was walking over and he kind of stuck his head down and... Uh, was in frame for the photo. It's kind of, it's a really funny photo. His face is out of focus, but uh, uh, then he asked me after, like, did I get in the shot? And like, and it's in broken English pretty much because half of the team speaks Spanish anyways. Oh yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just, I, I kind of want to learn Spanish as well, just, just to understand what the, these players are saying um, and just have more insight on the game that way and what these players are talking about on a day-to-day basis. Oh, exactly, yeah. I mean, and you- I think, Oh, yeah, go ahead, go just, ahead. Just, just to make a quick comment for you, ask question, yeah, like a lot of players, especially on the Blue Jays, they're very multilingual. And I think that's the beauty of a sport like baseball. You capture different cultures. You, you're really capturing different uh, aspects of people's personalities. And I think that's probably one of the cool things. And uh, that's definitely something I noticed too with baseball. Anyway, back to you, Matthew. I was going to say, yeah, um, do you have any cool stories just from your time covering spring training, like you, you yourself and even Michael? I mean, I never went to spring training, but you guys have. But I know, uh, Michael, you were saying like it's like something special on its own. So anything cool you guys kind of experienced at spring training, just being out there and like I mean it's a trip in itself. So anything, any fun things you guys got to do in your downtime or anything? Um, I didn't. Yeah, you can go. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll let you go, Keishon first. I feel like you got more stories. I only have one day of experience. <laughs> um, I I was pretty much working every day, so um, I couldn't really explore around like one day I had it off I went to the mall and I bought a raise hat and all that stuff and um went shoe shopping but like the, the shoes were like the same prices at home so I didn't want to spend that conversion rate down there um but it was interesting just talking like the biggest team down there in Tampa is the Tampa Bay Lightning and um it, it's crazy to like hear that like an American city like the biggest team down there is a hockey team like that was the biggest thing that stood out to me. And like just talking to Uber drivers there and local people, like they treat Steven Samkos and Andre Vasilevsky and Victor Hedman, like rock stars there. And I think it'll be different now with Tom Brady in town, uh, which got, got announced yesterday, but like Tampa Bay is like a hockey town and they're, they'll, they'll probably win a cup uh sooner than later i mean um, we've been saying when the, that for when the last they, many years <laughs> they like i mean they should they should right like uh, they got yeah. swept swept last year so who knows right and there's not a season right now so um we'll see what happens but yeah just like being like i, I don't have any crazy stories being around the players every day like uh 
they definitely get used to knowing who's around you uh, if you, if you've been at all their games for the last couple weeks kind of thing and just meeting the local people there there's a lot of like old uh photographers there just covering the team and like just talking to them being like yeah i've been i've been covering the blue jays since the 80s and like uh, i live in dunedin and like i've been at all the spring training games and all that and like they just they talk to coaches and all that kind of stuff and it's i've only been shooting for sports for this will be my third year now but like um to stay in a sport that long and to develop relationships with players and stuff like that is definitely something to look forward to in the future yeah exactly and i want to point out that uh you are definitely correct in that tampa bay is uh a hockey town when i was there there was everywhere we drove around we saw a lot of posters with Tampa Lightning stuff. Like I would see, I was in one of the malls, like not too far from the downtown. And as soon as we entered, like we see a sign of us, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, yeah. all those guys. I, I, mean, I went to the same mall. Yeah. And there's oh, ice oh rink. God. There's an ice rink in there too, right? <laughs> oh my God. You got yeah. an ice rink it's... in the mall is it like indoors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> kind of like, uh, yeah, like the the West Edmonton Mall kind of setup, like not That's as big, crazy, but like there's still a indoor rink it, it's, in Florida. It's like up. crazy, exactly. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's crazy to kind of wrap your mind around that. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, I was I was pretty blown away by care about the the lightning down there, and like I think it's kudos to to the marketing team and all that that they really did a great job of uh, keep making sure the people in Tampa are aware of the team. I mean, that probably will change now that Tom Brady's in town, and uh, who knows if they make it to the Super Bowl, that might actually change their fortunes a bit. But just going back to the spring training, um, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. It was a very uh, cool atmosphere. Um, a lot of families were there. A lot of young and old people were just enjoying their time with the ballpark. Uh, obviously, it was a great game just seeing the Jays doing well that day. I believe they just did not did not demolished uh the orioles i can't remember the score off the top of my head yeah they hit like they hit like three three home runs in the first inning like right off the bat (laughs) and like i think one of them was like the first pitch first home run. yep the first first pitch yeah yeah that was a really fun game and like obviously that was cool but i didn't realize how much fun a spring training game could be and i think it's just you don't really realize it until you've actually experienced it for yourself i feel like it's just like with the playoffs. You have to be at a game to really understand and appreciate just how fun and how unique of an atmosphere it is. Yeah, I feel like, like that's just yeah. I feel like it's just it was just a very cool experience. Yeah, play playoff sports like a, a whole different beast. Like uh, on Sportsnet, the past few days they've been replaying like big games. So I was I was watching uh, like the Raptors and Bucks uh, game six and game three. Uh, when they went into double overtime and stuff, and it, it just makes you realize that like the regular season is very boring as it is, but once the playoffs come around, like shit gets like intense. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, yeah, like I would definitely say if you haven't gone, to, any of you guys listening have gone to not gone to a spring training game yet, make sure you go to one next year because it's a very unique experience and it's one that. You should experience at least once. Plus, you get to escape like the cold weather in in Toronto. Exactly. In, in Canada. Oh, it's yeah. a trip to Florida as well. Two and one. I know. Like that's a that's almost a vacation trip. Like I know you're doing work, but like you're in the nice you're in nice weather, so you can't complain too much. No, of course. Um, yeah. Um, what about uh, 
I do want to know, uh, Keyshawn, just, uh, what, do you have any other things you're looking to do creatively moving forward? Um, especially with the pause, like I know you have to keep, yeah. uh, <laughs> other than sports, you have to keep, uh, busy now. So like, I yeah. guess, uh, what, what are the things are you kind of trying to shoot now? Um, I definitely want to reach out like what I did at the beginning of the year when I, I wasn't working and I was still applying for jobs was I, I reached out to a bunch of, uh, local artists and musicians and just wanted to establish a relationship there and, uh, letting them know that I, I'm out here and I, I want to help contribute with, uh, any branding needs and photography and video that way. So I think I'm going to continue to do that. Like I made a couple connections, um, before I left to Florida and I was in the studio with a couple artists and stuff and just shooting behind the scenes stuff. I think, I think I want to continue doing that and just developing, uh, relationships on that front. And it, like when the year started, I was also on, uh, uh, Roy Woods's video shoot shooting yeah, behind the scenes video that. for that yeah so yeah like uh, what's crazy is it's kind of a lot not not a long story but a funny story of how that came about um, so I shot uh, a, a Halloween party for for a friend of mine that is a promoter for um, for he, he runs his own promotion company and they, they threw like a Halloween party uh, in a mansion in Mississauga and at that Halloween party, I, I took pictures of uh, some guy and his friend, and I sent him the photos after, and we followed each other on social. I, I'm, I'm not sure what he does specifically, uh, and I, I really didn't make any contact with him after that exchange. It was just me sending him the photos, and that was about it. And then he, he reached out to me in January saying, like, hey, like, uh, one of my friends runs this production company and uh, she's doing the video for Roy Woods' new music video. Like they were looking for behind the scenes photographers. Like, will you be interested? And I was like, of course, like, why not? And then so sent my information all along and then I got an email the next day being like, hey, like, can you be at the studio the next day? Um, we're shooting all day. So if you want to stick around all day, like you're more than welcome to. And then I did and then got some photos and... Uh, Roy Woods ended up sharing a bunch of them. The production company used it for all that that kind of stuff, and I got to make a little uh, new network of people in that kind of industry. And I actually was reached out to again by uh, the same production company because they did Division's new music video. But uh, last minute changes happening happened, and like uh, on on the on Division side of things, and they're like, "Yeah, like we we can't allow." Uh, an external photographer to come shoot. Uh, so I, I, I almost had two OVO shoots within the, within the span of like, uh, like three weeks, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That would have been fun. Um, do you like, like how, what, how different is shooting? Like, obviously like these kind of like, uh, rappers or musicians or even of course a music video, how, how different is that from shooting sports and, and yeah, like how different of an experience is it? it's 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 a lot different like with sports um you kind of just have to depend on what's going on in the game and just let that play out and they kind of do the work for you but working with artists whether it be portrait shoots or just shooting them in the studio you kind of have to get creative and you don't want to just be taking snapshots you want to take pictures that again tell stories and all that kind of stuff but also um, capture these artists and their element and you don't you don't want to force it and be annoying at like 
at any point, like you kind of just want to like say if you're in a studio, like you want to be a fly on the wall. You don't want to be out and about in people's way. You just want to kind of document um, as silently as possible. And uh, but also like turn over photos that the artists will appreciate and kind of share on their own um, social channels and all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the Roy Woods video shoot, just being there and uh, keeping to myself there. It was a pretty big production that day. So there was a lot of people all around. So I didn't have to worry about um, being, being uh, like a sore thumb sticking out, which was good. And just develop, developing like a kind of uh, relationship with the artist that day and like asking him if I could take his photo in certain different settings and all that kind of stuff. But um, I like when I first started photography, I shot concerts and music and I, I went over that stuff in the last episode, but I still kind of really appreciate uh, the work I've done in that space. And I, I don't think I would be where I am if I didn't um, develop like a name for myself in the music space. And it, it's nice that I've developed uh, more of a name through sports, but I still want to continue um killing it in the music kind of field as well oh for sure that's awesome um let's just ask to start wrapping things up uh we were talking earlier about uh, your youtube channel um you obviously had the video about sharing your uh your gear and there are some plans that you might have for uh like what kind of videos you want to upload in the future uh do you want to share some ideas that you have in mind yeah um so specific ones for sure like um i know a lot of people ask me about what my editing process is like and so i just want to go through a kind of uh tutorial of like what what i do in lightroom to get the results that i do um aside from that like kind of um repurposing uh, uh information and teachings that i've done with my workshops last year so just what i do heading into a sporting event how do i prepare for it uh, what storylines that that I look for? Uh, what like what do I do leading up to it? To it, and I kind of want to make specific videos of uh, what gear gear and settings I use for whether it be shooting sports or shooting music, and um, because I know a lot of people like know like here's the gear. Like now, what do I do with it? So I, I think settings are a big point of of shooting certain things like music and sports. Um, so settings is definitely um, in there and also just like a rundown of my story. I think that's pretty important. Like I've gone on podcasts and all that kind of stuff and kind of given a spiel of my story, but it, it'll also be nice to kind of uh, document it in a full 10 to 15 minute video of how I got to where I am today. Oh yeah. And I think even like vlogs, I know you mentioned vlogs, but like um, your whole like work day, maybe, maybe on a like, game day, you could like go and then get someone to film you. Uh, maybe yeah. just someone there just kind of film you in action um, and yeah like just run down what you kind of look for what kind of goes through your head things like that you know yeah like I, I think that's definitely uh, helpful information to have out there obviously you don't want to give away all your don't tricks and sauce secrets yeah don't get because because they'll just end up doing the exact same thing and the next thing you know they'll take my job <laughs> um, but obviously giving back to the community and uh even though I didn't have mentors when I was going through um, my come up, uh, if you would call it that, um, but just like being mentors to people and uh, helping people get to where I am, because at the end of the day, I don't think I'll be always out in the field doing stuff. I kind of want to take a more managerial lead and be a leader and uh, 
in in the space of social content and all that kind of stuff. So um, just want to open up the door to other people and kind of uh, be a lending hand to those people. So if it's through the YouTube channel or just personal relationships and messages I receive on social media, I want to be kind of uh, that person that they can always like feel they can reach out to and uh, get the information they need. Absolutely. For sure. Of course. Those are great ideas for sure. Um, we're probably, we're pretty much going to wrap up here. Uh, that was, that was wonderful having you back on, man. I know we're all just trying to keep busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're trying to, of course, we're trying to use this podcast to kind of keep the sports, um, sports content going, I guess with very minimal sports content, but trying to pump out the content as everyone else's, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys um, for having me again. Oh, At least anytime. like the, the biggest thing from this is hopefully the Raptors will be healthy when the season comes <laughs> back into fruition. We didn't even get to talk much about like the Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And stuff, about like, the run. Like they yeah, were <laughs> I mean I mean quickly, like we could end it off, but like uh, Leafs and Raptors, what what do you think are your predictions? If if and when they continue the season, what do you think their predictions are? Like what do you think your um, predictions are for ending the season off and playoffs? Yeah, so Raptors first, like, they really surprised everyone. Surprised me. They surprised all my friends. Like, I, there's no way, like, you could say, like, they're a second seed in the East. Like, like, who could predict that? But that just goes to show, like, their, their kind of championship DNA that's been put in place. Nick Nurse, coach of the year for sure this year, losing the best player and not missing a beat. Like, even performing a little better uh, without Kawhi in the lineup. So it just goes to show that... Um, the, the, they're a team and like it, it, it shows that you don't have to revolve around a superstar player in this league like if you if you play as a team you can uh, you can win right and so they could make the final like if, if the season was going on still I, I, I think there's definitely a good chance of them making the finals this year um, going going over like I, I think they can beat the Milwaukee Bucks with a, with a healthy guess Gasol and Serge Ibaka and um, Kyle Lowry playing the way that he's playing, I think they can definitely shut down Giannis. And they di- they did that in the in the game they played against Milwaukee last. It's just their offense didn't really get going that game, and that happens, right? Um, it 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 just happened to ha- happen against the Bucks, right? And so I I, I do have good at good aspirations for uh, for the Raptors team. On the Leafs, on the other hand, like. <laughs> every game is like a roller coaster like it's it's really like they'll they'll play really well against Tampa Bay and then they'll lose the next game against whoever right so and the games that they have to win against Florida and all like and then they don't win those games so um I I really don't know what the what, what the future of the Leafs kind of holds like yes they have that core for the next few years um but who knows like what the plan is next year if they don't make the playoffs this year and all that kind of stuff. Oh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, of exactly. course, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait. I, I, mean, I'm, I think me and Michael are both with you on both those takes there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, thanks for being on uh, the show once again. We'll love to have you back again um, because definitely you're, you're, you're easily one of the best uh, guys to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. For sure. You guys yeah. are you're great to talk to as well. Thank you, man. Awesome. I mean, we're Thank all, you very we're all much. trying to recoup from this whole thing and get, we'll get through it. Though. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get through, through it. Of course. It. 
Of course. But uh, yeah, um, we'll take a break here uh, in the podcast. And uh, again, thanks to Keyshawn for uh, being on here. And do you want to just plug your uh, your socials real quick? One last yep. time. So uh, uh, at underscore Keyshawn Mystery for Twitter and Instagram. And then on YouTube, it's just my name, Keyshawn Mystery. Uh, you'll find me there. You might uh, find some mystery hockey videos when you search <laughs> up that name as well. But subscribe there as well. Like you may, you may see a, a cameo coming sooner than later. Go follow and Ooh. subscribe to him and on both the YouTube channels. And uh, yeah, so uh, we'll take be on the lookout for that, guys. Of course, we'll take a break here, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. What can I say? Keyshawn's the best. And that Keyshawn's was another great man. interview. Of course. That was <laughs> awesome. And like just hearing about his his stories and I mean, his running with Drake, of course, that's insane. Like anyone would want to be DM'd by Drake just like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just so just what we were talking about uh, with the interview, I mean, Keyshawn did run into each other briefly uh, at uh, that, that same spring training game. He's a great guy, guys. If you haven't followed his stuff yet, yeah, you should definitely legendary stuff his whole work with the raptors last uh season was legendary you know what else is legendary tom brady tom brady i knew that was coming <laughs> <laughs> but man oh. <laughs> yep so uh I've, I've been waiting for this day for a long time <laughs> tom brady has left the new england patriots and is joining the tampa bay bucks so let's just first talk about from the Buffalo Bills fan perspective, which is me. I'm jubilated that he's gone. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> like that scene in The Wizard of Wicked is dead. Like we got him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. No, I I respect him that uh, he was a great player and like he had a legendary career in uh, New England and uh, like kudos to him from that part. But uh, I think it's it's uh, from. Bills, Jets, and even Dolphins fans' perspective, like it's time for a new team to take over the division. And I think oh yeah, that's just like this is the like the end of an era for sure. For sure. And uh, what do you think? What I guess? What are your predictions for Tampa Bay now moving forward? Okay, so from uh, Tampa Bay, they definitely got a better quarterback than uh, Jameis Winston. I think is his name. Um, I feel like they want to compete. That's oh, pretty. Of course clear. they do. You sign Tom Brady, you have to compete. Yeah. That's like and signing LeBron a... James and, you know, you don't compete. I mean, the Lakers kind of did that in first year, but they, they knew they had to get their stuff together. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's for sure. This uh, this move is going to signal for Bucks fans that they want they want to win now. And they want to put themselves in a position to go on a deep playoff run this year. And for Tom Brady, this is a great opportunity for him, like, t- to prove to himself and to others that he doesn't didn't need Bill Belichick to win, that he's a great quarterback in his own right, and he'll win no matter where he goes. This is so, I think it's a great challenge for, for both teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I it'll, This season's definitely going to be interesting to watch, 100%. I'm excited. Assuming it actually be, it actually happens. I'm pretty sure it'll happen, but uh, <laughs> we'll wait and see. As with every sport, we'll wait and see. You know what they say, knock on wood. Oh, <laughs> of course. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that was the episode that – just a, a little sports content, but we're definitely going to go forward with uh, interview-based podcast episodes and things like that and try to get creative here and there. And, of course, uh, we would love to talk a little bit more about football since football seems to be the only sports that we can talk about uh, at length right now. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have any suggestions on that or anything in general, no. Yeah, and I'm not even the biggest 
football person, but I'm I'm starting to. I mean, there's nothing else, so I gotta study up. I've been taking my time to learn more things like that. Of course. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, but better time than now. Oh yeah, of course. As always, uh, yeah, I'm Matthew, and with me is Michael. And my, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. And for me, it's at the Leafs IMO. Uh, and just like on the last episode, if you want to see one old highlighted? Just definitely check that out. Uh, I just posted another one today of uh, the famous line brawl between the Leafs and Sabers, uh, the one where David Clarkson jumped off the bench and there was oh, a man, goalie I love fight. That one. You just, uh, you just, you, you found your bread and butter right now. Is you know the the Leafs highlights, and I love that. I love waking up yeah. to seeing more of the highlights you post. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying them. I hope you that, guys are enjoying them too. That's that's the one where uh, Bernier uh, got in a fight, right? Yeah, like yeah, the famous yeah. call Miller oh, yeah. and Bernier. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love that one. Uh, but yeah, so that was the episode. I know we ran kind of long, but uh, it's jam packed with great content, honestly. Um, so uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully very soon uh, again because we don't have anything else uh, really going on in sports. We're trying to get this out as like as many episodes as possible quality episodes of course so uh we'll be back hopefully within the next few days if not next week um so yeah we'll see you guys next time yep and thanks again for keeping oh man do you want to say that again you kind of lagged there (laughs) oh no are you still recording oh yeah (laughs) we're just gonna go with that but say it again uh just cut that part before I like. No, off we're keeping then... that in. We're keep... <laughs> all organic. All right, so we're doing it live. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, you were saying thanks to Keyshawn. Yeah. Thanks, Keyshawn, and thanks, Lior, for coming on the show. We really of appreciate course. you guys uh, taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we appreciate it. Of course. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.